As with all living things, each according to his gifts. Welcome to The Internet Says It's True, a show where we learn something new every week, part of the WCBE podcast experience. While I'm taking a break for these three weeks, I've chosen three of my favorite past episodes to rebroadcast, and this week, we're going back to episode 20. This originally aired on January 18th, 2021, and it's all about a popular Star Trek character. Welcome to Tell Me What to Google. I'm Michael Kent, and this is a podcast where listeners tell me something they recently learned from the internet that they think I should learn about, and today's topic comes from Kristen. Hi, Michael. This is Kristen from Columbus, Ohio, and I recently learned the interesting history behind the Vulcan salute from Star Trek, and I think you should Google it. So, a bit of a personal note. I always hated Star Trek. Uh, My brother loved it, and I never got into it. But during the pandemic, I started watching the original series for the first time. Uh, I I guess just because I had made it to the end of Netflix uh, or, or Amazon video. And now I'm actually hooked. I'm almost done with the original series, which takes a while. There are like 80 episodes in that original series. And I can't wait to continue with The Next Generation. I know the Vulcan salute. I know what that is. And I would assume most people do. If you don't, this is the thing that Spock, played by the late Leonard Nimoy, did with his hand. It's a palm out greeting where you separate your two middle fingers into a V. And it's often accompanied by the greeting, live long and prosper. I've never heard any backstory to this, so this should be good. Oh, this is great. So it goes back to the actor, Leonard Nimoy's childhood. Some of the best things on screen have been decisions that were made by the actors. Things that weren't even in the script. Think of De Niro's famous you talking to me scene in Taxi Driver. That wasn't in the script. That was just De Niro ad-libbing. Or Humphrey Bogart's famous line, here's looking at you, kid, not in the script. It's just something that Bogart was repeating. It was something that he had said to Ingrid Bergman earlier in that day off camera. So goes the story about Leonard Nimoy and the famous Vulcan salute. The salute was first used in the first episode of the second season of the original Star Trek series. That episode was called Amok Time, and the plot was that the Vulcans had a particular time that they had to mate with another Vulcan, and he had to return to mate with a woman who he had sort of an arranged marriage with. Spock was the only non-human being on the Starship Enterprise. He was only half-human. So providing a backstory for this alien provided some interesting depth and color to the series. He was one of the main characters, yet we didn't know much about his people. This episode was providing the first look into other Vulcans, and as such, it was decided they should have some sort of way of greeting each other. This is where Leonard Nimoy remembered something from his Jewish upbringing. He recalled a time that he went to the Orthodox Jewish temple with his family in the north end of Boston and witnessed a group of five or six men facing the congregation and singing and shouting a Hebrew benediction. The prayer was called the Shekinah, which represents the feminine representation of God as she comes into the temple to bless the congregants. Along with the chanting and shouting, the men held their hands up, palms out, and fingers together, except for the middle and ring fingers, which were separated into a V. 
This split-fingered gesture, the Kohanim Jewish blessing, stuck in Nimoy's mind as something powerful. It's a sign of the Hebrew letter Shin, the first part of the words like Shalom and Shaddai. For Nimoy, he saw this blessing occurring during a time in which congregants are encouraged to cover their eyes or look away, to not be damaged by the power of the feminine divine being entering the temple. Nimoy looked anyway, and he felt like he was witnessing something secret and something powerful. We'll continue this story after a couple quick words. Do you like jokes? How about stories? What about magic tricks? If you said yes to any of those, you'll love my weekly live stream show, Joke Story Trick Live. Every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, we gather to tell listener jokes, do magic, even learn magic, and bring on a special guest to tell a story. We've had everyone from a sitting U.S. congressman to television stars to WWE wrestlers. It's always a great time, and it's a free show. Just go to jokestorytrick.com to watch past episodes or tune in every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. That's jokestorytrick.com. I hope to see you there. I'm excited to be partnered with this company because it's a product that I've used and loved for years. Scotty Vest makes gear that looks great and is packed with pockets. And as much as I travel, that's always been a huge perk. But even on years like this one where I don't travel as much, my Scotty Vest fleece is just as useful because I'm always carrying so much stuff with me. My wallet, my phones, my keys, my mask, and there's a pocket for everything. Not only that, they now have an awesome new face mask that allows you to even use a straw while wearing it. Go to scottyvest.com, that's S-C-O-T-T-E-V-E-S-T.com, and use my promo code, tell me, all one word, for 15% off your order. That's scottyvest.com, and enter promo code, tell me. If you're a fan of this show, my other show, Joke Story Trick, or my comedy magic career in general, you should consider supporting me by joining my Patreon. I work hard to make sure that there's always fresh content on there, including bonus footage, exclusive videos, and free stuff like stickers, balloons, drink koozies, and more. You can join for as little as a dollar a month and can leave at any time. I consider the folks over at Patreon my most loyal and true fans, and I would love to see you there too. Just go to patreon.com slash michaelkent and choose what level of membership is best for you. You can pledge $1, $5, or $10 and get more and more bonuses the more you pledge. Once again, that's patreon.com slash Michael Kent. When Leonard Nimoy was looking for a choice to make for his character, he remembered this split-fingered blessing and decided to use that with one hand instead of two like was used in the temple as the way that Vulcans greeted each other. In that episode, the first episode of the second season, he used the salute to greet the Vulcan character T'Pau, played by Celia Lovsky, and to his bride-to-be, T'Pring, played by Arlene Martel. It was an instant cultural phenomenon. Star Trek viewers, within just a few days, would use the Vulcan salute to greet Nimoy in public and to greet each other. It became iconic. If you've seen the hand signal, you've probably also heard the accompanying greeting live long and prosper. Not many people realize, however, that there is a correct response. If a Vulcan says, live long and prosper, the response is peace and long life. Other times in the series, they just say live long and prosper as a response. In the Vulcan language, it's diftor hesmusma, 
And can I just say it's ridiculous that I can apparently handle Vulcan pronunciations better than French pronunciations on this podcast? Oh, well, there are many possible attributions to live long and prosper. There's an ancient Egyptian blessing which says, may he live, be prosperous, be healthy. There's a phrase in Deuteronomy in the Bible that says, live and prosper. And even Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet has the line, live and be prosperous, when Romeo says goodbye to his servant, Balthazar. There are many phrases similar in literature throughout history, so it's tough to know exactly how they landed on this for the Vulcan greeting, but it too became iconic. Leonard Nimoy died in 2015, and that year, to honor him, astronaut Samantha Cristoforetti took a photo of herself doing the Vulcan salute from space. The original goal in creating the Vulcan salute was just to show a glimpse of Vulcan culture and to add background to one of the TV show's central characters. But the result had a much larger impact. The result was sort of a cultural icon that became synonymous with the show itself. So if you're a Trekkie and you give the Vulcan salute, just know you're also giving a sort of Hebrew blessing. And with that, I wish you peace and long life. It's time for the part of the podcast where I call a friend and see if they already know what we just learned. And today, I've invited my good friend Jimmy Mack on the show. In addition to being a hilarious comedy performer, Jimmy is a comedy writer and the head writer for Shadowbox Live, a theater here in Columbus, Ohio. And he's the author of the book, Daddies Shouldn't Break Dance. Hey, Michael. Hello. What's going on, Jimmy Mack? How have you been, man? I've been great, man. How about you? Good. I can't even remember the last time I saw you in person. It's been it's been a while. Yeah. I, I probably one of the shows there at the bistro. Yeah. Yeah. Back when uh, people got together and touched. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, I was never a big fan of the handshake before this. And, uh, <laughs> no, I'm, you went straight to kissing. I remember <laughs> straight to open mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I. I think I'm going to use this as an excuse to never handshake again. Oh, really? So because a lot of people are saying they didn't like it, but now they they can't wait to do it again. But you're like, no, I'm actually this is good. This is a good thing. I'm anxious to be around people and to like go to restaurants. I'm anxious for everything, except I've never really enjoyed handshakes only because uh, I've seen enough dudes leave the bathroom without washing their hands. It it is disgusting. Yeah, I've seen that, too. You're right. So for the same reason that I don't stick my hand in someone's pants as soon as I meet them, right. I don't think I should have to shake their hand. <laughs> I was going to ask you if, about high fives, but I think we just covered that too. Yeah, high five feels a little bit better because of it's such a momentary contact right, right. that, uh, you know, there's very little ability to get their cooties on me. But Well, I can't wait to see you and not shake your hand. Yeah, maybe we'll we'll do maybe a fist bump. Back of yeah. the hand feels better than front of the hand, I think. I, I, I think. agree with that, yeah. So. I've, been, I've been hit by both. I prefer the back. Yeah, yeah, I I think that uh, this the smacking across the face, with the back of the hand, I demand satisfaction. Uh, yeah, so you know I'm ready for it to be over because mostly I've been in my basement for a year, yeah. and uh, you know you're in the same boat at Shadowbox. You haven't been able to perform right in, in right. on stage. You know that's right. Yeah, you guys were gonna open up at one point, right? We opened up for about three weeks back when they said we could open up with a limited um, amount of people. And then uh, it 
you know, then right after three weeks, the health advisor came out again to uh, not go out and do anything. So we we thought it would be best to close back down for a while until things got more under control. So, yeah, we've been doing a lot of, um, you know, obviously I'm a writer, so I, I don't need to be in the space to do that. I've been doing a lot of that. Um, and we've been um, meeting a lot to talk about what our future holds. And we're trying a lot of virtual things and uh, making the best of this terrible situation. Have you found that being having to be so flexible during the pandemic that you are becoming more creative as a writer? Uh, I don't know about more creative because one of the things I really miss is the camaraderie and the back and forth of just the banter that I had with a lot of other creative people. And a lot of times that really led to some good stuff. And I don't have a lot of that now, you know, yeah. luckily my family's pretty funny. So I get, I get some stuff here, but, um, but so I, I think, I think it's, in a way it's, it's better because I, I focus a little better because I'm, I force myself to do it more. Um, but I don't have that sort of like constant, uh, creativity around me like I used to. Well, that is a pretty good, uh, lead into our quiz today. Oh, okay. Uh, because our first question is based around a television show. Uh, question number one for this question, we're playing for a thousand dollars transferred wow. from my checking account to my savings account. Nice, okay, good. So if you get it right, I have to save $1,000. Okay. So the stakes are high on this. This is the, the most money I've ever put on a, one of these quiz questions so far. Okay. And there are stakes too, I, I love this. All right, let's do it. <laughs> All right, this is a multiple choice question. Okay. What popular television show greeting was based on a Jewish blessing? A, Siskel and Ebert's two thumbs up. B the Vulcan salute on Star Trek, or C, the entire bar yelling Norm on Cheers? I am gonna go with B, the Vulcan salute. You are right, my friend. The Vulcan yes. salute on Star Trek was based on a Jewish blessing where they did the, the hands with the Vs, and uh, I now have to save $1,000. Yeah. So thank you, You're Jimmy. You're welcome. You're welcome. My retirement will thank you one day. When I'm an old man, uh, <laughs> you'll have exactly one thousand dollars in the bank. Yeah, we'll have, no, there will be interest. It'll be oh, interest. Okay. There will be one thousand and twenty dollars. <laughs> My gosh! Uh, <laughs> all right. So great job on that one. Question two: If you get this question right, I will tell an embarrassing story that happened to me on stage. Ooh. Okay. Uh, however, okay. if you get it wrong, you have to tell one. Oh God, all right, all right, that's fair. Which one of these is the Vulcan translation for live long and prosper? A, Diftor Hesmusma, B, Koti Cha Tu Yubnub, or C, Mekaleka Hai Mecha Haini Ho? Whew, man. Once again, I... those are A, Diftor Hesmusma, B, Koti Cha Tu Yubnub, or C, Mecca Lecca High, Mecca Heine Ho? As much as I want to say C, uh, I'm going to go with A. Diftor Hesmusma. Yes. You are correct. That is the one. <laughs> Koti Cha Tu Yubnub is uh, part of the Ewok song, the Victory <laughs> Yubnub song from the original release of, uh, oh my God, now I'm embarrassed. Is it Empire or Return? 
Uh, well, Return was the one where they were featured throughout the most most. So of the that's movie. Return, the end of Return. Yeah, Koti Cha to Yub Nub. Wow. Uh, so <laughs> you like you? What's that? Happy Life Day. Yeah, Yub Nub, each up Yub Nub. <laughs> that's all I know. Koti Cha to Yub Nub. I don't know the words. I don't know the words. Uh, I have friends who do. Are you? Would you consider yourself a Trekkie in any sense of the word? I, I really enjoy Star Trek, but no, I, I would never, I, I'm not like a diehard fan and I don't know a ton of trivia about it. But if there's like an episode on, I will absolutely watch it. And in my younger days, I, I watched it quite a bit, but never to the point of um, an obsession. Yeah, but Star Trek, I mean, Star Wars? Star Wars, same thing. So I like them both, okay. but I was, so I was never like diehard either. I enjoy both of them. So, you know, it, that whole like battle, I was fine with whoever won. So that brings me to question three. Because okay. if you get this one right, I will send you a tell me what to Google sticker in the mail. Oh my gosh. Okay. If you get it wrong, you have to send me a Shadow Box Live sticker in the mail. Okay. That's fair. If there is no such thing as a Shadow Box Live sticker. Uh, you can print Mark's Brothers paraphernalia and mail me that. That's perfect. Or else I'll just find something Shadow Boxy and I'll make it sticky for you. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if I want that. Uh, <laughs> Can I specify what makes it sticky? We, we, we should just move on, Michael. Okay. Uh, here's the question. And this okay. is pretty much what we were just talking about. Is it possible to be both a Star Wars fanatic and a Trekkie, a Star Trek fanatic? That's the question. There's no, there's no multiple choice. There's no yes, multiple choice. So. This is 100% objective. I would, I would say that I would think I it would be impossible to be a fanatic for both. You think no? I think no. Uh, you're right. No, okay. I don't know. I don't know if there's a right answer to this. Let's just send each other stickers. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how that question works. I just, I was just curious. I just wanted to talk about it. Yeah, uh, no. I, 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 I felt told my wife before I even did, did this. I was like, all I want is a sticker. So I hope this goes well. Yeah. Well, you know, dreams can trump come true, Jimmy. Uh, the the I growing up, I always felt you could either be heavy into Star Wars or heavy into Star Trek, but not both. And I don't know why that always felt like a dichotomy to me. There I was... agree. I think the people, but it's weird because they, they are, I think it's because if you really, really like one, that, that somehow in your brain, that means you can't really, really like the other because they were around the same time. It obviously had the same genre. One was intellectual, one was goofy. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say which one in case your fans and, go nuts. Well, in, in in reality, it would be very difficult for the two worlds to exist in the same time because Star Wars is very dystopian. Right. And and Star Trek is not necessarily. You know, there are Star Wars was a long, long time ago, and Star Trek is in the future. Oh, I never really thought about that. Yeah. So they couldn't happen uh together anyway. I don't think so, no. Maybe I I I well, Star Trek could have an episode where they go into the future because that happened quite often, you That's know, where true. they yeah. or into the past, excuse me. Uh, that they time travel quite often in the show. So I have to say I hated, I already, I'm going to cut this out of the podcast because I already talked about it uh, when I recorded the episode, but okay. uh, I hated Star Trek as a kid. Absolutely hated it. But during the pandemic, I started it um, from the original series. So I'm almost done because there's like 80 some episodes in the, in oh, the yeah. seasons of the original series. So I'm almost uh, ready to start uh, Next Generation, which well, I'm excited you, so about. I assume since you're going to start Next Generation that you no longer hate it. No, yeah, I've actually come to enjoy it. I well, I mean, I came to enjoy it as soon as I started watching it. I just never took the time. There was nothing. Uh, no, there was no rational reason for me to hate it. Right. So, right. watching it 
I actually really enjoyed the first season because of the show craft of it. Yeah, I, I yeah. love watching how they did some of the special effects and things. The, I just love that there were so many minorities that back in that day that they put together and, and just said, we're all the same. Like, I just, I thought that was amazing. And they don't, yeah, they don't make a big deal of sure. the minorities on the cast, which is super ahead of its time. Right. I mean, there are shows today being made where if you're a minority in an all white cast, that's the joke. Right. That's right. Yeah. So, and when I've played Captain Kirk a number, I mean, for years on the Shadowbox stage, and that has been one of the great joys of my life, too. So that's, you know, he was such a, a, a hero of mine when I was little. So it was fun. Yeah. To, to well, that's something else that I've taken away from watching the uh, the original series is that Shatner was actually a pretty good actor. Yeah. Uh, there was some bad acting on the original series, but he was a pretty good actor. And yeah. really drew you in with, uh, you know, the, the the one thing that I I think I don't like, and it's part of the times was there was a, a there's a lot of misogyny in the in the oh, yeah. original series. Right. Um, right. If the, so, if there's a guest female on the show, she's usually there as a as a you know, sexual, an, yeah, an object conquer. of affection for that's for, right. <laughs> for for Captain Kirk. Sexually conquer her like that's the, <laughs> yeah that's the episode right yeah and they, but that's what you know they were trying to make that character it was like. He is what people knew in real life as like the fighter pilot or right. the ship captain. You know, he is the alpha personality in this group of people. And that Tom was part of that archetype for, for people. That's right. Tom Cruise and Top Gun. Same thing. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, question number four. Yes. If you miss this question, you have to buy me a beer next time I see you. I was going to do that anyway, so I'm just going to miss it on purpose. Well, the other, the second part is if you get it right, you have to buy me a beer next time I see you. So, <laughs> I'll just shut you, up and let you do your job, Michael. There's a bar connected to where you work, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I know what you do when you're not on stage. You're the one backstage pouring drinks, so yeah. you're the man to come to for drinks. Uh, <laughs> what color was Mister Spock's uniform in the original series? Oh man, the original series Spock was blue. Spock was blue. Yeah. That is correct. And uh, you know, Spock and and uh Bones both were blue cuz that's the the science and medical were right. blue. That was the whole deal. There was apparently because if if there are trekkies that listen to this episode, they're going to write in. Uh there there were a couple times when he wore the command uniform, which was the gold. Yes. Uh, which technically Another Trekkie thing, apparently, that I've learned, it was actually green. The, the gold uniforms were green, and then under the uh, soundstage lights huh. appeared yellowish gold. So I never knew that. Interesting. I literally just learned that when I was researching this, this episode. So, wow. uh, yes, he, he was blue. He was blue. Uh, let's move on to the last question, and this is question five. It's for all the marbles, Jimmy. If you get this wrong, marbles? I am banning you from the show. Never to be asked on the show again, nor should you be asked on to joke story trick. Uh, this one is really important. Got it. Okay. Here's the question. What yes. are you most excited about for 2021? That's easy. That would be uh, coming up here um, in just a few days on Tuesday. That is the thing I am most excited about for 2021. The um, inauguration event. Yes, please. Okay. <laughs> Well, so I'm excited for that. I'm excited for uh, hopefully vaccines to to uh, do their job. I'm excited to get back to work and entertain people again. 
and um, see my shadow box family on a routine basis and um, visit relatives that I haven't been able to see for a while. So a lot of, lot of things I'm excited. I also am excited for both of the events that you named uh, both this week, assuming that stuff doesn't get too crazy in, in the, the nation's capital. And of course, the 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 vaccine i am super stoked i can't wait to uh to not have to worry about this crap anymore yeah and you know what though like the handshake i think i will also continue wearing masks in certain situations post pandemic i i honestly don't think that's a bad thing like i think that that's probably you know when i went to hong kong and they all they did it there all the time like they totally. just part of their dress i tried the first time i went to asia i tried to wear a mask because i felt weird not wearing one yeah. And the group that we were with gave them to us and I put it on and it was like three minutes and I took it off. I was like, I can't breathe. <laughs> and now I'm like, if I don't have it on and I'm in the store, I feel like I'm exposed, like I'm going to die. Right. Uh, it's become, you know, that 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 comfort blanket between me and the deadly society. Yes. So, yeah, no, I think at least on airplanes, I will I will be wearing them post pandemic and uh, wow. probably not too many other places. Do you find it hard to open kiss people hello with a mask on? I just go, I pull it down and I go for the ear. It doesn't, <laughs> they don't, they don't uh, draw back quite as much because they're like, no one's talking about wearing masks on your ears. So they feel like that's more safe. Right. They think you're going to whisper and then you just go in for it. You just go, you go in for it. And then, uh, yeah, you whisper, I've been vaccinated. And then they're okay. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. all good. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show, man. It was awesome to uh, to talk to you to catch up. Thank you for having me anytime, and uh, it's always a pleasure to see you, my friend. That's all for this week. If you enjoyed this episode, please help me out by leaving a review of the podcast on iTunes, along with a sentence or two. Writing a few words helps a ton to allow other people to listen and to allow other people to tell me what to Google. We'll see you next week. Tell Me What to Google would like to thank the Patreon subscribers whose monthly contributions put them at producer status. Sean Brown, Catherine Morgan, Taylor Hurt, Bryce Swanson, David Lucas, Alan Sokolik, Eugene Anderson, and Scott Schuler. The show is written and produced by me, Michael Kent. The theme song is by Reed Mathis, and additional music this week was Puddle of Infinity. You can listen to past episodes by searching for Tell Me What to Google wherever you get your podcasts. And you can see bonus content at patreon.com slash Michael Kent. <laughs>